Hello, and welcome to this week's podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnais, Illinois. This is the sermon for the second Sunday of Easter, April 28, 2019. The sermon is entitled, Therefore Go as a Caring Disciple. It was preached by Pastor Carl Cope. May God's grace and peace be yours this day in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for the message comes from our first reading from the book of Acts. Let us pray. Gracious God, may we always seek your guidance and your direction in prayer. Strengthen us to always come into your presence in prayer and in worship. And may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight, O Lord our Maker, and our Redeemer. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. Throughout this school year, we have been worshiping under that theme, Therefore Go, following Jesus. We start off the year by looking at that main Bible verse from Matthew chapter 28, which Jesus says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. That, in a nutshell, is our mission, right? And so each month we've been unpacking that Bible verse and learning what it means to therefore go, to to go and make disciples, to go and baptize, to go and teach. To go with the confidence that we have, to go go with Jesus, and... and, uh, And then we're exploring these different aspects of our life as a disciple, to therefore go as a studying disciple, to go as a caring disciple, this month go as a praying disciple, and next month go as a worshiping disciple. The story is told, I think I've told it before, a small town that had been historically dry, uh, meaning no uh, sale of alcohol, seems that one day a businessman decided he was going to go ahead and build a tavern. Uh, and, well, a group of Christians from a local church were very concerned and planned an all-night prayer meeting uh, to ask God to intervene. And it appears that he did, because it just so happened that night, uh, lightning struck the bar and burned it to the ground. <laughs> the owner of the bar sued the church, claiming that the prayers of the congregation were responsible. The church hired a lawyer to argue that they were not responsible. And so the judge, after reviewing the case, stated, no matter how this case comes out, one thing is clear. The bar owner believes in the power of prayer, and the Christians do not. (laughs) Prayer. In the last couple of years, our themes have had a focus on this particular aspect of the Christian faith. Last year, we saw Mighty Fortress, Mighty God in that section where we were looking at the catechism on the Lord's Prayer. Uh, The year before, we had the armor of God, and that is one of those aspects of the armor of God about about prayer. And so I guess, really, prayer is important for the believer, the child of God, and and really for the people of God who gather uh, as his church. So what do your prayers sound like? Are they deep and reflective? Are they shallow and self-serving? Maybe it ends up like one of these prayers that I, that I read one time online. It, it went like this. Dear God, so far today I've done all right. I haven't gossiped. I haven't lost my temper. I haven't been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, or overindulgent. And I'm so thankful for that. 
But Lord, in a few minutes, I'm going to get out of bed. And from then on, I'm going to need a lot of help. Amen. (laughs) What is prayer? And the explanation in Luther's Catechism, prayer is speaking to God in words and thoughts. Prayer is that heartfelt communication with God. It can mean praying out loud. It can also mean offering up silent prayers in any and every situation. As I said, the the whole year we've been looking at our lives as disciples, as students of the Master, our Savior Jesus. It is who we are as a church. It is who we are as individual Christians. Prayer is that unique aspect of caring for one another that we as the body of Christ possess. I'm reminded of a moment where I saw this at work in this church. I had a couple that was going through a really tough time. The wife had the beginnings of a medical struggle. And not long after that, the husband was in church alone. I was standing in the back uh, greeting everyone after the worship service, and I noticed that the, the husband came up front up over here uh, and surrounded by the men of the church. They were getting information on what was happening and how things were going. But then, in a moment, I saw all those heads bow in prayer. Wow. An awesome moment for the people of God to care for one another and carry one another's burdens in prayer. A wonderful witness and encouragement it is to have the people of God in prayer for you. I know a lot of you have mentioned uh, to me that you pray for me and and for Pastor Hanel each and every day, and and I, I appreciate that. I know he does. In fact, I know that we cannot do all that we have to do without those prayers. We are a praying people. We are a praying church. Why? Well, I want to look at some scripture passages today with you to try to glean some truths about prayer. And, and don't take this as an exhaustive list, because it's not, but it's something to get us started. For the first truth, let's look at these scriptures from Psalm 141, verses 1 through 4. O oh Lord, I call to you, come to, come to me quickly, Hear my voice when I call to you. May my prayer rise before you as incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Watch the door of my lips. Let my heart be drawn to what is evil, to take part in wicked deeds with men who are evildoers. Let me not eat of their delicacies. And in Matthew 18, verses 19 through 20, Jesus said, Again I tell you, If two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with you. In Luke 11, verses 1 and 2, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. This first truth gets to the core of it, doesn't it? I mean, a praying disciple, a praying church prays in relationship to God. I mean, that's where we start, right? In that intimate relationship with our Father in heaven, a relationship heightened by the fact that we have this great opportunity to enter our Father's presence whenever we want. The psalmist speaks about lifting prayers up before God, that those prayers might be a fragrant offering to God. What are your prayers to God? Are they those 
quick request to get out of trouble, <laughs> asking for help in a difficult situation, or is that, uh, or is it more of a prayer life that consists of those aspects that, that are that could come up, but also reflects a joy and thankfulness of a child of God? I mean, we do not pray to some nameless God. We don't pray to a false God, a deceptive God. We pray to the almighty Father of all creation, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the one in whom we we move and live and have our being. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, enters time in history to to live the life that uh, we could not live, to die the death that we deserve, to rise from the dead, to save us from the destruction that we would receive because of our sins. And so when we pray, we're certain that our Father in heaven will hear them because we are in relationship with him. He is our Father, we are his dear children, a praying disciple, a praying church, praise in relationship to God. The second truth comes from the book of Acts, where we heard today they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And from Ephesians 1, verses 15 and 16, where where Paul writes this, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all of God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayer. So the next truth ought to be that a praying disciple, a praying church prays with and for one another. After Jesus' death and resurrection, the, the, the disciples really closed in ranks. We, we heard a little bit of that as they huddled in the upper room uh, in our gospel reading today. And, and after Pentecost, they, they still pulled together. They, they organized this loose band of followers, and they felt that there were some things that were really important things they had to keep emphasizing, things they had to keep encouraging. The teaching of the apostles, the fellowship of believers, the breaking of bread, communion, and prayer. Prayer. Prayer was essential to the growth of the church, and it is essential for us as a body of Christ today. I mean, we're, we're a praying church. We pray because Jesus told us to pray, He encourages us to pray. He encourages us in that aspect of our relationship with our Heavenly Father. And so when we pray, we do so individually, but we also do that corporately as a congregation uh, with one voice to our Father in heaven. We pray with and for one another, encourage one another in prayer. We even lift up those we don't know personally, (laughs) merely because they are a brother or sister in Christ. Or they are, may not be a, a Christian, but they are a person in need. In one region of Africa, I read this, uh, that, that the first converts to Christianity, they were very diligent about prayer. In fact, each believer had their own special place. It was, it was outside uh, the village where they went to go and pray in solitude. And, and each villager reached their little prayer room, if you will, by using their own private footpath. Uh, in the brush, but sometimes grass began to grow over that pathway, evident that the person to whom it belonged wasn't traveling it very much. 
And so these new Christians were so concerned about each other's welfare, this unique custom sprang up that whenever someone noticed an overgrown prayer path, he or she would go to that person and lovingly uh, say, friend, your path is overgrown. Are you in prayer? They, they were worried this path looked, didn't look worn out, that their friend had began to neglect that aspect of their faith. We, too, encourage a habit of prayer. I've been doing it for as long as I've been here uh, with the prayer sheet here. Uh, this is in your bulletin each week to lift up uh, people in the hospital throughout that week, people uh, with ongoing needs, the, the individual concerns and groups and individuals in various situations in prayer. Sometimes they're very joyful things. Sometimes they're not. But we're asking God would strengthen people in that task or intervene or comfort in their time of need. A praying church, a praying disciple prays in relationship, a praise with and for one another. The third truth, uh, we look to uh, these two passages from Philippians. We heard it in one of our uh, responses today, that do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And, and in Hebrews 4, uh, we hear this, verses 14 to 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we present, present, profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. A praying disciple, a praying church prays in eagerness and confidence to God. Uh, as a praying people, we pray with that eagerness and confidence to our Heavenly Father. I mean, prayer is something that, that we don't need to worry about because it, it really ought to flow out of the normal activities of life. Uh, for, for joys, we, we praise God. Uh, for blessings, we thank God. For trials, we, we, we ask for strength and we ask for help. For others in need, we ask God to be that blessing to them, to up, uh, be upon them in their time of need. I mean, that almost covers everything, doesn't it? So what are you praying for? There's a, a, a story I read about a, a rich man who had a son. Uh, and he promised that son an annual allowance. And, and every day on the same year, he would give his son the entire amount. Uh, but you know what happens after that. Uh, it happened that uh, the only time the father saw the son was on that day, <laughs> uh, the day he got his allowance. And so he changed plans, gave his son enough for the day. So the next day he would need to come back. You know, with Israel, God responded to them in that way. He wanted them to look to him each and every day. Each and every day in prayer. Each and every day for provision. And it's the same way God deals with us. Blessing us hour after hour, day after day. But do we go to him in prayer? Each day. We go to him with praise and thanksgiving. We approach him with great eagerness and confidence because we can. 
because we're encouraged to do so. A praying disciple, a praying church, prays in eagerness and confidence to God. Fourth truth comes from Luke chapter 11. read it once already. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you, sit, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. I think a praying disciple, is a praying church, needs to be led by Christ. In the Lord's Prayer, God helps us to remember our relationship to him as Father. We are his dear children. There's this intimacy in prayer, this intimacy in worship, this closeness that we can share with one another, but one that we share with our Heavenly Father, uh, that closeness in which we can rejoice. We are led by Jesus into that relationship, aren't we? I read a story some years ago uh, about uh, when fleeing Hitler's Germany in the 30s, Albert Einstein found refuge in America. He purchased a little cute little two-story home on a tree-lined street within walking distance from Princeton University where he, where he did his work. And, and there the foremost mathematician entertained some of the most distinguished and scientific and political personalities there in his home. He discussed with them all different kinds of things. Uh, uh, they wanted to talk about him with that celebrated mind, from, from physics to religion to human rights, and, and, and so it was just a, a wonderful place to be. But it's said that Einstein also had another frequent visitor to his home. Uh, not a physicist, not a world leader, uh, not a great mathematician, a uh, 10-year-old girl named Emmy. Uh, because she had heard through the grapevine that a very kind man moved in down the street in the neighborhood. And it was said that this man knew a lot about mathematics. And so she was having some difficulty with her fifth grade math, and so she decided to go ahead and see this man, who supposedly knew a little bit about math. And she knocked on the door, and he was more than willing to sit down with her and explain everything to her so she could understand it. He told her, she was welcome to come back, and any time she encountered a problem that was too difficult. A few weeks later, uh, Emmy's mother learned from the neighbor that she was often seen, her little daughter, walking over to Einstein's house and going in. And, uh, and when asked, she, uh, the girl admitted it was so, and she, mom just freaked out and said, Professor Einstein is an important man. His time is valuable. He can't be bothered with the problems of a schoolgirl, okay? And so she rushed over to Einstein's house and knocked on the door. Einstein answered the door. She got a little flustered trying to talk to him. And in a few moments after she babbled incoherently, he understood and, and said, Ah, you're Emmy's mother, aren't you? And she says, I'm so sorry she's been bothering you, coming over here and bothering you. And, and he said, Bothering me? No. She said, when a child finds that joy in learning, it's my joy to help her learn. Don't stop her from coming to me with her school problems. She is welcome in this house anytime. My friends, you're welcome in God's presence anytime. Through the salvation won for you by Jesus' death on the cross, because of that relationship, it is no bother to go to God in prayer. A praying disciples 
A praying disciple, praying church, prays and is led by Christ. The disciples ask Jesus, teach us to pray. The Lord teaches us and we have this opportunity in the church to share in the joy of praying with one another and for one another. Lots of opportunities to do that. As I mentioned, we have the prayer sheet uh, <clears throat> each weekend listing sick and hospitalized, special requests, uh, sometimes getting into the boards and the directors and members and various needs and families and consider using this as a guide for you throughout the week. There's the prayer chain as well uh, that's uh, sent out, uh, some by snail mail, but, but a lot by email, uh, that those requests that uh, get filled out, and, and we send those out asking for people to pray. There's a prayer ministry uh, where we do have some people available after the worship service to pray for you uh, and with you. A lot of our Bible classes and uh, our small group Bible studies lift people up in prayer, not only the people within their groups, but others as well. Teach us to pray. The Lord has taught us, and so we desire to strengthen that prayer life, that prayer ministry of our church. And we also want to strengthen the prayer life of every single disciple gathered in this place. Think about your own prayer life. Think about your prayer life in our church. Is it just using that prayer sheet throughout the week? I mean, that's wonderful. We're thankful for that. But maybe the Lord is leading you into some other areas. Think about it. Pray about it. God can use you to great, do great things in his kingdom. We are a praying church. We are praying disciples. We pray in that relationship with God. We pray with and for one another. We pray in eagerness. We pray in confidence to our God. And we pray as we are led by Christ. Through God's blessing, we can therefore go as a praying disciple. It is a great way to share God's love in prayer. And may we always do that. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us stand and let us pray. Lord God, thank you for the opportunity to enter your presence in prayer. May we, O oh Lord, always see this great gift that you have given to us, that we are able to come both in praise, bringing requests before you, open our eyes to the many opportunities for prayer, O oh Lord, and may we always know that we pray in relationship to you, that we pray with and for one another in the body of Christ, that we pray in eagerness and confidence, and we pray as we are led by you. May we always be willing to pray, O oh God, this we ask in the name of your Son, our Savior Jesus. Amen. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnais, Illinois. You can find this and other podcasts by going to stpaulslutheran.net and clicking the Sermons button at the top of the page. Thank you for listening, and God's blessings.